All right, people, listen up. We got Glenn. We've got Maggie. Now let's get out of here while the getting is good. Rick, can I have a word with you? Well, we're kind of busy, but what the hell? Speak your mind, Oscar. Rick, I really appreciate a lawman like you taking a former prisoner such as myself into your group. Why, the way we're staging this harrowing near-suicidal rescue mission to save our own people, it's simply inspiring. Well, Oscar, you see how we've taken care of our own. We do the same for the least of us. That's something in a world like this. You know... I was thinking of how I could play a larger role in the group, and it's something I want Oscar, look out! It's a suspiciously Wolverine-looking Shane out for revenge! I'd shoot him, but I'm having a psychotic break! Oh, God, I've been shot! Oh, Rick, Rick, should we help him, you know, get, get him over the wall? No, Maggie, look at the poor son of a bitch. He's dead for sure. Oh, no, wait, man. It hit me in the shoulder. Maggie, he's suffering. Really? It went clean through. Herschel can patch me up. Maggie, you know we don't let our own turn. You know what you need to do. What the hell? I'm getting up. I'm standing. Look, I'm on my feet. (laughs) Oh, curse this shithole world we live in, forcing us to make the tough calls. Oh, God, Oscar. If only you could make it back. Man, I know. I know I could have found a place for a man of your talents and skin pigmentation. Wait. Who is that? Is that a slightly better looking, more established African-American actor I see up ahead? Hello, folks. People call me Tyrese. Well, pleased to meet you. You know, we just had a spot open up in our group, and I think you'd fit right in. Well, you sounded upset, and I heard gunshots. What's wrong? Oh, that? Water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Say, what happened to the girl you're with? Yeah, she's bit by a walker. We're on the run, we're outnumbered, and we're in a desperate situation. Well, we got to bring her back and save her! I don't know, Rick. She's pretty bad off. And, and when she and dies... When she dies, of course, we'll give her boyfriend or her husband or lover or whatever some time to grieve and process it. We're talking basic human dignity here. Now, come on. Wow, Rick. I don't know what to say. Your group seems like... Hey, wait, now, hold on. That's getting pretty wordy there, T-Dog. That's not my name. Okay, Theodore, whatever. Save it for next season. Come on, people, let's go! Watching Dead Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. We are part of the Bald Move Network. Find everything we do at baldmove.com. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Made to Suffer. Suffer. Gotta say, I don't know why this episode is called Made to Suffer. Can you can you incite me a little bit here? Uh, Give me some uh, knowledge? It seems like last week would have been a better title for Made to Suffer. That's what I thought. And last week's title would have been better for this one. Um... I can talk more about that in the spoiler section. Okay, fair enough. What did you think of the episode? This is the mid-season finale. It's a good episode, but I gotta say, I something about the way they ended it or the cliffhanger itself just didn't sit right with me. I felt okay. like, and, and maybe that's 
anno- you know, maybe that's just annoyance of having to wait for two months <laughs> arbitrarily. Yeah. Um, but when I contrast that to like Boardwalk Empire, which aired the same night and I saw immediately after that one, and what a super satisfying season finale it was. Hmm. It's hard not to make a comparison there. Yeah. Or you look at stuff like Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad has always got these really satisfying finales, even though they, some of them are cliffhangers. The yeah, they just strike most of a... them. They bring everything back together and just kind of give you some closure, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this this episode does not do that. This they get Maggie and Glenn back, but Daryl is up in the air for yeah. sure. No, I, I, there's a lot more I got to say, but I. But but what do you think? Uh, probably the quality eight. of it. Eight. An eight. Yep. That's fair. I mean, four out of five stars. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time giving it a number because it didn't seem like it was as good as last episode to me. I really, really liked last yes. episode, but at the same time, there was nothing I really disliked about this episode at all. Uh huh. You know, I it think just this didn't is, hit me as hard as last episode did. I think this is also the first Walking Dead where the penultimate episode was better than the finale. Uh, yeah. So it's like I've always got the sensation that the show is kind of building to a crescendo during the finale. Mm-hmm. And I feel like last week's maybe was a, a more finale-ish uh, yeah. episode. Well, you also have to think, okay, this is the mid-season, right? This right. Is the, I know it sucks for them, halfway through too. the season. When you go and watch this on DVD two years from now. Yeah. You're, it's, just, you're just going to zoom right past this and be like, oh, what happens to yeah, Daryl? Click wait. the yeah. next episode. Right. So it's not really much of a cliffhanger. Also, it feels like half an episode because of that. Ha- half an episode? You know, this, How do you... It, this feels like an old school, like Star Trek, The Next Generation, Best of Both Worlds. Oh, one and two. Yeah, like, yeah. To be continued should the, be at the end of Even this. the dramatic structure, it doesn't have like a one act, two act, three act. It's first mm-hmm. act, we're in the middle of the second act. Yeah. And boom, we're going to just make you wait yeah that's the nature of cliffhanger season ender sure sure but i I think there's that i think that's why we just hit the nail on the head because breaking bad classic example season three they had a whole climax and then they tacked on the you know kind of confrontation it kind of built and and then you had the thing where you know i don't want to spoil it yeah are you talking about season four i'm talking about season three that was a cliffhanger but I felt like that okay. episode itself had a first, second, third act, and then that was like a okay. I thought like you were after going, the credit sequence. I thought you were going for the example that was not a cliffhanger, which no, is no, season no. four. Season four is yeah. a yeah, denouement. That is closure, or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, anyway, okay, so we've got a bunch of stuff here. to talk about. We do. Do you have any news? Um, first of all, I you know we're getting this cast out a little bit late, but I hope the <laughs> little skit at the beginning uh, yeah. was worth our worth worth your while or worth the wait. Uh, we also have some network news. Uh, we've got a new show that's coming out. It's not a television show. It's uh, the Bacaz show. Yeah. Um, so we there's there's three ladies out in L.A. Uh, that do a weekly show. Um, it's different than anything that we've done before. <laughs> Very. Uh, the thing that's in common is it's got excellent audio quality. Um, they're profane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the subject matter is like, I think their tagline is, uh, sex books and mascara, not necessarily in that order. Uh, um, they just did their third year anniversary, uh, cast. We, um, uh, met them about two years ago and kind of had some mutual admiration for their show and, and they liked our breaking good. And we've talked before about kind of joining the forces of doing stuff, but we're bringing them on officially. It's going to be another source of content when we're on our little brief hiatuses. Also talking yeah. to one of the hosts, Jerilyn, about doing me and her. Uh, wait a second. 
I'm talking about doing another podcast television centric with her. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to make any promises. Yeah, I was going to say, make don't. any premature announcements, but that's, yeah. I, I really want to, to get, uh, you know, something going. God, yeah. that keeps, uh, yeah, getting something going with her. Uh, <laughs> Are you trying pod- to bring it back no, to sex, I, books, and mascara? I'm, I'm really trying that not where it's to. Going? I'm not really trying I not thought their to. last episode was hilarious. Number it 49. Is. Yeah, yeah. Really funny. These girls are... I, okay. We probably have a lot of dudes listening to our cast. A I'm fair, sure A of surprising it. amount of women. Not a surprising amount of women. A... Uh, uh, what you would expect a well bound, yeah, A well-balanced, well-balanced amount uh, of women listening to us. But... The dudes are probably going to say, oh, I don't want to listen to this. Trust me, guys. They're funny. They're crude. Right. They're not just talking about mascara the entire time. Although they do talk about... But they leave all their product reviews for the end, so you can just shut it off. That's true. And that's what he, they even said last episode. <laughs> so, so uh, But yeah, that's that's exciting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the uh, outro. Yeah. Uh, we also have, just wanted to get this out again, a Bald Move meetup in Boulder, Colorado at Avery Brewing. Uh, got some thumbs up from people on Facebook and uh, uh, email that that's a good location to pick. So it's going down. Yeah, Friday, February 1st at 7 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be there. Jim's going to be there. Eric and Jesse. All of the personal arrogance are going to be there. Yeah, Eric and Jesse, the main hosts and all of their entourage. Uh, uh-huh. It should be a good time. So Also, don't forget to pimp our intro music. Yeah, that's my brother's band, My Stereana. You can find their stuff at mysterianamusic.com. Dot com. And I think that's enough goddamn preamble. Let's get into this recap. Let's do it. So we start out with Tyrese and his group of survivors struggling to make it through the woods. Uh, they get accosted the by zombies. Rolls. <laughs> and, the and the walkers bite. Bump. Oh, yeah. It should have been the walkers bite. Damn. Yeah. So close to a good joke. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> so one of them stupidly gets bit, and they take refuge in the prison when they discover it. Right. Uh I don't know about you, but the ground is not the place where I want to look in a zombie apocalypse. I can survive tripping and falling. Uh-huh. I can't survive a zombie bite. Right. This girl is just staring at the ground and, oh, and yeah. holding her arm out like a chicken wing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the zombie comes up I'm and bites it. I'm constantly amazed at how meekly people take getting bit. <laughs> like, they freeze and go like, ah! Like, as the walker's slowly grabbing, slowly yeah. moving their limb. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like... If you had a little brother and sister that you knew was a biter, uh-huh. as soon as you felt some presence, you'd be like, yank. Yeah. You know, you'd like twitch. It's like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? Get away from me. I do what? that with my brother anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're surrounded <laughs> by fucking cannibal zombies. I would think that as soon as you feel a cold, slimy thing grab you, you would freak yeah. the fuck out. You wouldn't just sit there and be like, ah, for five <laughs> seconds. You'd be a little more on edge. They totally take sure. this like a champ. Uh, that's one there's way of putting nobility. it. Yeah. There's a nobility. And they're just, I'm just going to accept <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, what the hell? They you, want to maintain their dignity you throughout to, the zombification process. <laughs> yeah, you managed to get a good grip on me. So I guess yeah. you've earned it. You've Fair earned enough. it. Uh, yeah, so like I said, they roll up on the prison. And we find out that the I prison say has one been other blown thing. to hell. Okay. These survivors are automatically crappier than Rick's because they've been out here for as long as they have. And the best weapon they could find is a shovel. Yeah. Like, they, I don't expect them to have Gerber well, the purpose-built prob- zombie-killing weapons. They actually on. started out with katanas and machetes <laughs> and Uzis. But they just leave them every time they kill one. Uh, Did you see the guy stuck the axe mm-hmm. or the machete into the guy's head? Yeah, I noticed that it. too. I noticed yeah, that too. No problem. So they started out with tons of weapons. Uh, uh, but yeah, the prison has been blown away on the backside of it. There's a huge hole in the fence. A massive uh, chunk of the building has been taken out. It's funny because I mentioned like 
you know, when they, they mentioned in the very first episode, like Daryl looks off camera and says, my God, there's a giant wall blown or a hole blown into the wall. Oh. And I'm like, why didn't they just show us that? Like, is it a budget reason? And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe. And now huh. we see this enormous set that had a blown out <laughs> section of it. Yeah. It's like, you couldn't film that from a reverse angle. And that's weird. I, that, that cried out for an shot. Daryl said that. Yeah. Oh man. We're starting, we're starting off pretty negative, aren't we? <laughs> we are just, we've torn this this episode a new butthole and it hasn't even got the credits yet uh, so this scene also introduces tyrese tyrese um, he's a character who th- <laughs> this is not a huge spoiler alert is in the comics yes uh so people who read the comics were looking forward to to getting a glimpse of him which Although, we didn't we weren't sure was going to happen you know he's got a occupational hazard of being black on this show the danger so will he make it through season 3.5 that's I the will question. chug a fifth if he <laughs> d- no <laughs> no i'm kidding we'll get to that uh so it was good to see him uh we go over to woodbury where andrea is trying to fix her sex hair oh she got uh, the sexy sex hair <laughs> And Sexiest. she tells the governor, Sexiest. hey, I got to go over and help uh, cremate Mr. Coleman, guy from last episode who died. Right. And she has apparently fully bought into the governor's new world order here because she's just – she's into him. You right. know, everything is good yeah. from her end. And these people, you know, they're not just here for protection. They're here for, you know – For a better life. Yeah, I mean, for a better life. Yeah. He's creating a new world. Uh, but as soon as she leaves, the governor goes to a zombie room and tries to play with his daughter. Uh, very unsuccessfully, might I add. Yeah. And also, so if he really thinks that she, there's a little girl inside there, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on with her being in a room full of zombie heads? <laughs> yeah, that can't help. Like, is that he trying help. to raise a psychotically uh, unbalanced zombie daughter? I mean... Well, here's what I it, it, thought was happening in yeah. this scene. So he's got that big bowl of meat over yeah, on his table, right? right? And she keeps looking at it, and he's like, look at me, look at me. I think he's trying to train her, trying to to have her overcome her zombie predilections towards meat well, and, and clearly, actually have a relationship with her. And, you know? and, and combing her hair and playing the music, all that I buy. I'm just saying yeah. that maybe you don't put her in the room full of zombie heads if you want her but to be normal. But where is he going to keep her? Andrea is in every other room. <sighs> I don't know. It's just it's another one of those things where the zombie heads was a nice, useful visual shorthand for this is the bad guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but and it also is a direct scene right out of the comic book. But it doesn't seem to fit the kinder, gentler image they portrayed of the governor. And also, mm-hmm. it doesn't fit yeah. the narrative arc that, like, I'm starting to suspect. And again, I'm I'm ju- I'm doing a cardinal sin of judging the show before it's half over. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe. What they should have done is just playing the governor as a straight up good guy, and yeah. and 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 maybe we see him kill the national guard, and and maybe there it's maybe they could even make that somewhat justified. And then when Penny dies, that's when he goes batshit governor crazy, hmm. and that would be his art. You know, that's kind of seems like what they're doing anyway. I was gonna so, say, yeah, is that happening now? That's one of the things where this episode felt weird to me because it's like again, it felt a little gear grindy. So you didn't buy his. His reasoning, uh, I look at the heads to remind oh, me of what's hell, out there. That's, no, okay. I mean this dude. You're I, not as silly. What as I Andrew. do like about him is that he's got this slick politician thing down. Mm-hmm. Like he can spin. He's ready for spin at a moment's notice. He Mich- thought about all of this before. I don't know if that Andrea he does, or if he's this, just a really good liar on eh, his feet. Because the other enough. thing is, I bet we find out that he's nobody. 
he's like a, just a pathological mm. liar and a con man kind of. Who, who does he? He doesn't profess to be anybody. No, does he? he's been very. I mean, yeah, you'd think that in all of their long bone sessions, maybe Andrew would have found something out about the, in him other than his name is Philip. That's still all she knows about. She's this been guy. calling out the whole the wrong name the whole time. <laughs> what? Oh, Philip. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I did notice that teeth clicking seems to run in the family because his daughter Help. is clicking mad teeth over there. That's got to be again. I think that's that was intentional. <laughs> All right. He if clicked. he turns into a walker, starts clicking his oh, teeth. Oh, he's gonna click his teeth like uh, remote control. Yeah. Click 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 click. <laughs> uh, so we go over to Glenn and Maggie in their uh, torture chamber. They're recovering. Uh huh. Um, Maggie kind of voices the theme of the show here. The the horrible nature of the people and the real threat during the zombie apocalypse is the people right uh, and she had forgotten about that and then glenn goes over rips the bones out of a zombie's arm peels a zombie's arm right off like could you do that do you think you could I, rip an arm off a zombie well i was just we we're saying that like you know on thanksgiving like i did the annual turkey fry hmm. and part of the thing that i do like when i'm getting leftovers because no one seems to like to like the turkey legs um the drumsticks you know really so i was wrenching this drumstick out of socket and i'm like damn i mean it was putting up a decent amount of fight i had to kind of like twist it around Uh and i'm like okay so like a human shoulder is like three or four times bigger as a joint yeah and else is kind of rotten so it's probably i I think that glenn put his back into it it wasn't easy but he he got some leverage and he just wrenched it right off yeah i think unlike a walker just tearing someone open like it's a (laughs) Like it's a rotten grapefruit. I, uh, I I buy that you could tear a, a shoulder off like that. Okay, I do too. I think he could. Um, not much more to say about that Give, scene. Giving her a bone dagger. Yeah, yeah. We'll see that come into play next. It's pretty gruesome. Uh, next couple scenes here. Uh, Michonne leads Rick and the crew into Woodbury. They're kind of camped outside there, um, and she goes away for a second. The jets. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I no. think she expected them to follow her, didn't she? No, because she didn't say Either like that follow or, she was or make eye contact. She just yeah, but again, she didn't say anything. Why the hell wouldn't she communicate this? Th- this is the biggest problem I have with Michonne is her unwillingness to say anything that anything. could that could defend her in these seemingly weird situations. Yeah, like Rick grabs her, says, "Where the hell did you go?" She's like, puts her hands up. Right. She couldn't say, I was finding a freaking way in. I was trying to kill the governor. Right. I was trying to save Andrea, who is in there, by the yeah. way. Jesus. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh-huh. I'm ranting a little early here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they run off into Woodbury uh, through this this hole in the building. I don't know where they go. Mm. doesn't really show it. I mean, the, the, it does seem like Woodbury is a pretty easy place to infiltrate if you're an ambulatory human. Yeah. I mean, that, I that so. wall's not exactly airtight. Yeah, it's made out of it's tires. It's a stack of tires in places, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a kid's jungle gym, and, you know, like, you'd see yeah. it as, like that as a playground for them to climb. So, yeah. Uh, so the governor is consulting with Merle about taking out the people in the prison, and Myrtle shows some concern about Daryl being there, and the governor promises, I won't hurt Daryl. Of course not. And also, the governor's dead set against moving to the prison. Yeah, he doesn't think that's a good place for the people to be. No, right. They wouldn't like it. Right. But Dean's probably be right. This crew yeah. is Pillsbury Dose Soft. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we see that later in the attack. Uh, then we go over to Rick and his well, crew Wait a minute. What about Maggie and Glenn? He'll be taken to the Screamer Pits. Oh, yeah. What are the Screamer Pits? We never saw them because they been, got rescued. I've been in one before. 
It's oh, called really? Twilight Breaking Dawn, episode two. <laughs> oh, it's this concert for two hours. Ah! <laughs> um, nice. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wanted to see it. I did too. I wish they hadn't recu- rescued Maggie and Glenn. Oh, wait. I bet they're talking about the um, those pits, those tiger pits that they got dug with a little motion attractor. Really? Yeah. They were going to throw them in there? Why? Well, that's the only, I mean, it's a pit, and I bet. Could a human get out of that? Not with a bunch of zombies down in the bottom. Well, yeah, not with zombies just, in them. That's what but... I'm saying. I was like, I think that they just count okay. on those constantly being full of zombies, and they just, ah. you know, throw Glenn and Maggie down there, and they'll get some fresh zombies to play with. Hmm. Or but... Glenn will kill them all. Just don't send him down there with, <laughs> with a chair. A chair. <laughs> yeah. Do not arm him. Maybe a lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, that's soft enough. Lazy boy recliner, it'd take too long to rip the padding off and to get to... peel the bones out of it. Yeah, but if he yeah. did, if he got to that, like, lazy boy endoskeleton... Oh, imagine what he could do with a spring. He would, like, you give him that in five minutes, he'd construct, like, the power loader from Aliens, <laughs> and he'd be coming out... Yeah, he'd, he'd have a gauze cannon from Half-Life. <laughs> <laughs> the man is lethal with chairs as weaponry. Nice. Uh, so we go back over to Rick and crew who have moved into the building inside Woodbury and they're kind of looking for a way to, uh, to figure out where Maggie and Glenn are and Michonne thought they'd be there, mm-hmm. uh, but they weren't. And someone comes looking for curfew breakers, I guess. Cletus, the slack jawed yokel <laughs> yeah, from Springfield, in, Illinois saying, I know you're in here. Right. Uh, he comes in and they bust him up. Yeah. They, they rough this guy up. They shove a rag in his mouth and then knock him out. There's kind of like the start of some kinky shit. Rick's all like, get on your knees, tie him up, open your mouth. He's like, what the fuck is happening next? (laughs) I did not sign up for this. Yeah. I just don't know why you put a rag in a guy's mouth to knock him out. (laughs) I don't know. So he doesn't scream when he's unconscious. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Michonne is in my opinion here, looking for Andrea when she bolts, right? She's not looking for the governor. No. She's looking she's, for Andrea to try to save her. I don't think so. I think she goes to the I mean, I'm surprised you said that because now that I'm thinking about it, that could be plausible, but yeah. I got that she's totally off to confront the governor, which seemed a bit odd. It does seem a bit odd. That's why I thought it was Andrea. Hmm. Like, why? I understand that maybe she's mad that the governor tried to kill me. Well, if she's looking for Andrew, why does she go to Governor's apartment, and then when she finds out she's not there, why does she instantly sit down and bare her blade? Why wouldn't uh, she I, continue to look? I assumed. I felt like I'm she here, arrived. Why her, not? I felt like she arrived at a destination okay. and was now loitering for waiting for the governor to come around. That might be true. You might be right. Uh, we move on to the prison, and Axel is creepily hitting on Beth, who we find out is seventeen. Which, by the way, I would have sworn she was 35 last season. She's pulled a reverse Carl Jr. Carl Jr. is aged (laughs) 10 years. Uh She has regressed. And I noticed, this is the first episode I really noticed, yeah, she's pretty damn young. Yeah, she looks young. Yeah. For sure. Uh, But that's not stopping Axel. Axel's hitting on everything that moves in this prison. You follow him? (laughs) And uh, Carol calls him out, uh, literally calls him out of the room and says, hey... (laughs) Uh, you, you can't do this. She's too young for you. You, mm-hmm. you creep. Right. Uh, and he's like, well, look, there aren't very many choices here. You're a lesbian. Uh, Lori's dead. She's right. like, well, 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 I'm not a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian. And he's you got the short hair. Right. You got that short hair. <laughs> Just so weird. I don't like this guy. Right. He's very creepy. Right. 
Um, but Carol sets him straight and crushes his hope with a uh, stinging comeback. Mm. I really liked it. Yeah. He's like, well, things are getting interesting. No, not they're not. Really. <laughs> yeah. More to follow. This is not a dead storyline. We've got That's a little bit true. more in this episode. Uh, I really do like here the, the character development that they're giving Carl, though. Because this episode, he he actually does a lot of stuff, you know? Um, when Axel is in that that room, in that cell, Carl's sitting there watching what's going on, and he's wise. He knows. He knows uh, Axel's trying to hit on her, and he's right. crossing his arms and giving him the eye. And, right. Like, you're horning in on my girl. Get out of here, dude. Right. Maybe not the best idea to leave a 10-year-old in charge of the prison. Yeah, but... So Rick is in a tough spot here, right? Because he's got to take all of his good guys with him to get well, Glenn and Maggie out. There's a debate. We we got a there's oh, someone. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a feedback debate coming. So save those save thoughts. It. Okay, we'll do. Uh, we move on to Maggie and Glenn once again trying to get free. Um, when Merle comes to execute them, but they fail, and Merle uh, Maggie straight up gacks this dude. It, yeah, right through like, the neck with the bones, staring him right in the face too. <laughs> She looked, You're gonna know who did this. She looks savage. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that's good considering what they've been through. You know. Yeah, she should she look savage. No shit. She was like primed and ready. Definitely. Uh, that's all I really had to say about this scene because that was freaking awesome. Uh, we go on to Rick and uh, his gang again. You know, we both said at this point that we were having Counter Strike flashbacks. Yeah, when they're in the corrugated steel, that looks like they're making their way through D nuke, man. <laughs> it really did. It and really then did. They, when they when they threw in flashbangs and smoke, and I'm smoke. like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's talk T- about the scene. Made um, down. They they rescue Glenn and Maggie here. Um, thanks to the that array of grenades that Daryl brought. Um, unfortunately, at the same time, they alert Woodbury security and the governor in the process. Right. Everyone in the town, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The governor sends out all the alarms. Um, not a whole lot to say about this scene, I guess. What scene? Uh, it, well, well, is this the scene where he's talking with Andrea? Yeah, yeah. It's the next scene. Um, the governor sends his goons out to search the city for anybody who's there. And, uh, and Andrea comes up, and he's she's trying to say, hey, I want to help out. I want to do this. And he's super patronizing. Yeah. He's like, look, uh, Tits McGee, uh, you need <laughs> to sit this one out. Let the let the yep. boys do the work. Although, uh, did you notice that Olympic Archer Girl, or, or Shitty Bow Girl, as I, I called her, was front and center, ears all tucked, ready to go? <laughs> yeah. She had bow in hand. Well, plus, it's like what's hilarious about her is so she just kind of sticks out. It's like all these kind of rough and tumble, generic redneck bad dudes and her. Yeah. And then when they're like when the governor's later on get pontificating about something and they're like doing this low pan over the goon's legs. And then you skip to the girl in the hot pants and it just keeps <laughs> on going. It's like one of these things doesn't belong here. One of these things isn't the same. Nice. Yeah, I didn't even notice her in the scene. Uh, this is where Michonne runs off to find Andrea or the governor or whoever you want to say it was. Um, and Glenn reveals to Daryl that, hey, your brother's here and he's the one who did this. Right. Uh, and, and I love the first thing he, he says, my brother's him. the governor. Like he <laughs> yeah. totally would buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. He's a warlord now. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'd buy it. Uh, I don't know. So Rick is saying, hey, let's leave here. Uh, we need to go, and Daryl doesn't want to. He wants to go to try to talk to his brother. I like and convince him. I like that exchange between Rick and Daryl. That was good. Yeah, because Rick, 
I mean, he may, he has a point, right? Like we need, we're in a dangerous situation. Talking is not going to work at this mm-hmm. stage. We need to get out of here, let things settle down, and come back. And Rick's using that uh, kind of whispery Southern fried Batman <laughs> that that uh, he he likes to do in these situations. Like, uh, I, need, I need you. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. It's uh, it was a good scene, and you know, interestingly, this is another Rick Governor parallel. The governor asked Merle to not go after his brother. Yeah, and Merle Kate, you know, does it. Same thing here with uh, with Daryl and, and Rick. So, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, the loyalties have certainly switched. You know, in the in the beginning, it wouldn't have been Daryl or Merle abandoning either of them. Well, the thing I thought was interesting is actually Dar- uh, Merle's more faithful to the governor than Daryl is the Rick because Daryl mm-hmm. listened to Rick in so far that the survivors, except for him, are going to make it to safety. And then his plan all along was to stay behind and find Merle. Yeah. Like, as soon as he was covering I'll them. Oh, cover fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, he could have gotten away as well. He just chose not to. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I don't, I wonder if Merle would have done the same thing in a situation with the governor. Now, I think that's because Merle's more afraid of the governor. And mm-hmm. Daryl's not afraid of Rick. He respects him. But, you know, yeah. he, he feels like, well, I did what I was supposed to do. I made sure you guys got out. I'm not going to jeopardize the group, but I got to do this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's always been Daryl's mission, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. back in season two when he said, I'd be better off without you guys. Mm-hmm. That's He's still, like you said, he's loyal to these guys. He'll protect them, but he doesn't owe them anything. No, right. He's free to go do his own thing, and that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next scene, the governor finds out that Glenn and Maggie got away when Merle comes to tell him. Uh, and, again, he refuses to let Andrea do anything, instead just telling her... <laughs> Go tuck go, the people in, McGee. Yeah, go. The people are going to be scared. Go deal with them. And instead, he orders his men to go out and do it. Uh huh. So, my question here is: Is this guy just protecting the woman that he loves, Hell or is no. he a sexist asshole? Oh, I think the door. The answer lies behind door number three. He's scared oh. to death. Andrea is going to see these people. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think is. I mean, there is a little bit of. Him wanting to protect the woman he loves. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he loves her. Uh, yeah, he's... The woman he's banging. Uh, yeah. His yeah, latest slam piece. I don't know that he feels much of anything towards anyone. Right. Uh, I mean, I think... That's a complicated question. Because mm-hmm. I'd almost say that he's imprinted his feelings on his wife. That he's kind of kept locked behind onto her. Because hmm. there is that kind of vague physical resemblance. Okay. I like and, you that. know, obviously he's trying to overlay his feelings about his daughter onto the monster she's become. Um, but yeah, I think it's mostly about, oh shit, if Andrea sees that these are her people, the jig is going to be up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we go back over to Michonne, who's now in the governor's house and no one's home. So she draws her sword and waits at the door. She's prepared to give him the traditional stark greeting for hostile parties. (laughs) All right. The king of the North always greets his, uh hostile audience with a bare blade seated on his on his uh knees is that true yep i don't i don't know anything about the lore of yeah just dropping some west westerosi uh Game culture and custom on you yeah all right cool <laughs> you um, you've already forgotten it <laughs> i have purposely <laughs> uh, rick and crew make a break for it right out in the middle of the city they have no problem just jumping out there in the smoke firing away letting everybody know they're there right uh surprisingly they get pinned down right uh, by andrea actually um but they're able to escape with daryl laying down cover fire 
In the process, Wolverine shoots the shit out of Oscar, <laughs> and Maggie puts him down. Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, Wolverine. It's so funny. Everyone made that connection. At <laughs> but least how could you not? Ten, uh, he was wearing the fucking like. I think he did His it as hair, a joke, right? He had to, yeah. Because the guy who fell on the ground afterward didn't have hair like that. Oh, only Wolverine has hair like that. (laughs) But why? And Shane never had hair like that. No. So why did they give him Wolverine hair? I don't know. A lot. I mean, I don't expect. I don't expect. uh, Help me out with the guy's name. John Bernthal? Yeah, I don't expect okay. him to shave his head again for sure. a single scene. That's dumb. But I, mean, I don't expect either. him to ace Ventura it either. Right. <laughs> white devil, white devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, that was insane. It was a little little funny. But it's like, Seppenwall, like everyone, I mean, it, in real time, 10 different people on our Facebook thread <laughs> said some variation yeah. of Wolverine. I think I tweeted it and several people so tweeted like, it at me. And- surely the people that working the show... Is 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 he been cast as Wolverine in an upcoming? Maybe like, Jack said. I just wonder if it was some kind of nod, or did, uh, was he like considered to play Wolverine? I have no idea. There's got to be something to that because he was even wearing the fucking dog tags. <laughs> I know. He but was Wolverine. He had the claws. I saw them bulging out of his knuckles. <laughs> no, he just no. gotten the dagger from uh, Maggie. <laughs> the dagger? The bo- yeah, like the bone, the bone dagger. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he was playing his bonerine version. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the fan. So you don't know. No, I know about Wolverine. He got his ad- adamantium Ad- skeleton pulled out. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm impressed with their comic lore. Shit, man, it's Wolverine. It's not like okay. It's All not right. like it's Aquaman or yeah. something. So he when the fans had like called him Bonerine, like that set him apart from the regular Wolverine. <laughs> they called, they him called him Bonerine. Bonerine, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> so here we get another. Uh, moment of the governor being concerned that Andrea saw who's attacking because he, she's like, yeah, I saw one, and he was like, he's oh. like, oh. yeah, he was a black guy in prison overall. Oh, okay, well, fuck him, he's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, my big question here is why do they go through the middle of the city? Why don't they go out the way they came in? Well, it's like a one way. Who gate? the hell knows where they were at in the city? It seemed like they. Traveled quite a bit of distance. Wherever they're at, the middle of the street can't be the best place to escape from. Mm, well, right? like that big, I will say that big kind of like Grand Avenue does seem like it leads to the main gates. But why go to the main gates? I don't know. Cause that seems like where all the guards are going to be. I don't, I don't know. A lot of people had problems with this firefight. We'll talk about it. I actually thought it oh. was a pretty good big budget action sequence. I thought the firefight itself was all right. I just don't know why the firefight happened. You know, uh, well, I mean, but the, I mean, come they on. They needed the, an action piece. The place, and plus, the place isn't that big. Woodbury yeah. is not some sprawl. It's not like fighting in Gotham City, right? Fair enough. I mean, it's it's like if you if you closed off a couple blocks here in Greenfield, and there's gunfire, people with guns would converge converge in that area. Yeah. Plus, you're throwing smoke. I mean, there's smoke billowing it's, out. Yeah, pretty obvious where the, yeah. the gun fight is going to go down. And and I'm thinking that as a survivor, like I don't know this place. I'm just kind of running for my life at this point. We're just going yeah. to head, follow the streets to where they're going. You That's know? true. And Michonne's not with them, so they don't really know yes. where they're going. Like right. Said. Which, again, she kind of risked their lives on two separate occasions. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Rick is justified in getting mad. No, I I totally get why he's pissed. Yeah. yeah. We'll I, get to I that. I feel like she put him in a bad spot. Uh, so we go back to the prison, and Carl's running the show. Did we talk mm. about Oscar dying? Oh, do we need to talk about that? <laughs> 
The show uh, didn't seem to pay it much attention. That's so. the thing. So I want to say it's like no, Tom, that, um, frequent contributor Tom G sent us in an interview with Oscar's actor on the uh, fucking AfterBuzz network. Uh, they interviewed Vincent Ward, and he yeah. was not happy. Yeah, he seemed like he didn't know what was happening until they strapped the squibs to him. I don't believe <laughs> like, that, but I believe that he probably didn't see the script. He he probably expected to be in the whole fucking season. And yeah. for him to be die- – and he's like, you know, not only just dying, but the way – like like I didn't get a close-up. They didn't show my face. They didn't even they didn't really try show to, him die. They didn't show him die. They didn't try to rescue him. Maggie just ran up on him and blasted him in the face. He's like, I wasn't happy, and he said – I wasn't the only actor not happy with it either. Oh, who wasn't happy? Well, he didn't name names. He just oh, said that that's like, you know, I, I just thought that was a little, an interesting insight. Now, who knows Yeah, how much of this is real? I mean, we had not. some, we some got some info f- on T-Dog last yeah. time on Irony Singleton and that we got apparently a lot of that's bullshit. Yeah, so. well, we're going to talk about that in the feedback. We will. Um, but, but anyway. like you said, it may be, who knows? Well, it's like we notice it. I mean, every one of the fans is like, seriously, you introduced yeah. a black guy and now you killed the other one? I mean, how many episodes uh, did you get out of this guy? I guess exactly eight. I, he was in the man. last 30 seconds of episode one yeah. and he made it to halfway through episode eight and <laughs> he died unceremoniously. Yes, he did. Uh, so, uh, like I said, we go back to the prison. Carl's running the show. Uh, against Herschel's better judgment, when they hear some screams in the halls, Carl goes to investigate where he finds Tyrese's group, and he leads them to safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I love... Carol... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, when Carl is uh, talking to Herschel uh, about kind of running the show and, like, we need formula and all that stuff... Uh, and they hear the screams. He's like, I'm going to go investigate. Herschel says, oh, well, why doesn't someone else go do Carl's that? Carl's like, out of my way, old man, before I break your hip. <laughs> <laughs> See if you Hopefully can walk with as... a broken hip and no leg. <laughs> yeah, not as good hip, I hope. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they make mention of Carol being in the guard tower with Axel. What? Was that at, the, the, this, at this, this point? It's in this scene, yeah. The only thing I can think of... Is he like he 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 struck out with his lesbian pickup line, mm-hmm. but he followed it up as like you know Carol, you know you get on top of me, you'll be like Attica on speed, man, <laughs> and she's like whoa, <laughs> whoa, I, I that's I've gotta I gotta see what that's like. Yeah, who can turn that invitation down? Not Carol. But it's apparently. like you gotta that's you gotta see you gotta see that. It's like a freak show. So, so there's obviously something here though, right? Because the guard tower is the place where Glenn and Maggie went to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and they made a big point of that. Yeah. So You don't need two people up in the guard tower keeping watch. Definitely not. Um but yeah, and I gotta say that Carl is a badass. Like he's supposed to be yeah. somewhere between ten and twelve. He's going into a dark confined place area with real monsters as a 10 year old boy i would shit yeah. myself going into a dark environment that i knew was fake yeah this kid's going in there with actual real monsters yeah, that's man. amazing he's a fucking beast they're playing carl as a serious badass and i'm enjoying it and like thoroughly 
what is that going to do to him? Like, this is not normal childhood development. No, I think it's already done what it's going to do to his childhood, you know? I it's mean, like, he's... yeah, you see those, um, you know, kids that are working mines and they work f- sweat factories and stuff, and they've got that, like, old man look to them. Yeah, Carl I has I think that. Carl's got the total thousand-yard stare going already. Yeah, and he's he's not making decisions as a kid either. He's like locking those people into that cell block is a smart decision. And standing up to the girl screaming in his face, you know. And then when Beth questions it, saying we should help them, he says, I did. Yeah. That's not a kid. That's that's impressive. I like that a lot. Which, by the way, I think Beth, Beth, you know, the only thing keeping Beth off a car right now is the the hat. Because that was like. (laughs) Yeah. That that was uh, some. verbal panty remover when he's like i did definitely and i gotta say uh best clint eastwood i did uh what is his name uh chandler riggs is doing a hell of a job playing him too yeah. because uh, i don't well, you don't like him i think he could be i mean i think he's doing okay um i think the, well, i'm just saying like, I'm, Macaulay i think the writing, doesn't pull that off right no uh, Haley joel osmond he, doesn't pull that off. no Haley joel osmond could pull when he's 10 years old yeah Dude, that was an, I'm saying that that's... Six cents, he was good, but it wasn't the same character. Come on. I think he could play... I saw him in Forrest Gump earlier tonight. Yeah, right? I forgot he was a kid in that. Um, no, I think he could have played that. I'm just saying All that right, the, the, the writing and directing is really doing him good favors because, hmm. you know, some of his delivery is a little bit wooden, in my opinion. But yes, he, it's, he's, he's, wooden, he's, a, he's a kid and it's amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. He's supposed to be desensitized a little bit. He just shot his mom in the face, for God's sake. Well, I'm saying that, like, wooden is different from desensitized. Yeah. Fair so enough. I'm just saying it's nitpicky. I admit, I'm nitpicky. Okay. <laughs> okay. I get that. But Stellar I'm saying, performance. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> It's not an amazing child performance. Uh, also, where he says to Herschel, my father would go, uh, when Herschel questions it, I don't know if he's if he's the one who respects his father so much that he's willing to invoke his father's name here, or if he knows that Herschel does. Because I certainly Herschel does, right? He respects Rick a great amount. Well, and when plus, Carl I, says that, I think... I took this as a little bit maybe nihilism, rebellion against his father. Like, oh. Herschel's like, look, you can't put yourself at risk. Almost like, what would that do to your father if you didn't make it back? And he's like, my dad doesn't think of, you know, this is something my hmm. dad would do. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think Or he would tell me not to, and then he would go do it. There's a lot of mixture. Like, Carl yeah. still obviously loves his dad and respects his dad, but he's also resentful of his dad. Mm-hmm. And probably, even subconsciously, that he's having to grow up so fast. So I thought there was a little bit of that, too. So, again, the writing and directing um, is, is very skillfully done, yeah. and uh, Chandler Riggs is doing a, an okay job. <laughs> All right. Well, how about the music in this scene where he's running through the hallways? Music in the last two episodes have been lights out. Really like, I almost wonder if they've gotten a new composer or arranger because I don't yeah. remember it being – maybe it's also that they just never had this good of action and suspense. <laughs> maybe. Um, it's hard to do that song on the farm, you know? Right. I, I, maybe the first season had a lot of creepy stuff in it, too. Yeah. I, I remember there was a lot of, you know – in fact, I don't know that there's been as good of genuine horror and creepy um, as the first season still. but Yeah, there's certainly a lot more action. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, uh, the fact that I'm noticing how much the music is complimenting is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Michonne hears some knocking in the governor's zombie room, and she busts down the door. Here's the knocks that Andrew should have been hearing. The entire time. We came... How the hell? The only reason we didn't do an extended Andrea skit is because Mm -hmm. neither one of us could pull off a good governor. Yeah. 
it just wasn't working without the accent. Now I wanted you to go like full Scottish because you do a really good Scottish bro. But he's not Scottish. We looked. He's it up. Irish. Yeah. But I'm like, well, that's still funny. And no, we did... no, he's English. He's English. Liam Neeson, who he sounds exactly so like, like Scottish. The joke was Irish. three levels of meta, and like, is it really funny? It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But I think we got a good one. I hope so. Uh, yeah. How the hell does Andrea not hear this zombie kicking around in that room? Right. We're just thinking, like, you know, the governor's like, oh, that's, uh, yeah, it's squirrels. We get we get squirrels in the walls here in, in uh I, I would have believed it if maybe Michonne had been looking around and had opened that door. Like, oh, my God, this door is locked. I want to know yeah. what's in here. Yeah. So she and breaks it's a sound, down. Like, in, in maybe it's soundproof door or something. But you clearly she, hear this thumping in the middle of the apartment. She hears it. That is yeah. what tips her off. Yes, yes. What the hell? And there was no action going on, so it's like there's no way Andrew could have spent the night multiple occasions yeah. and not have heard that thumping. <laughs> Doesn't make like, any come sense. Come on, show. Stop fucking with us. You're almost there. <laughs> so you're so close. So she finds the heads, obviously. She finds the daughter just in time for the governor to return. Uh when he does, Michonne kinda uh stands behind the daughter and uh holds her hostage and the governor says, Hey, don't kill her. Uh, I need her. By the way, deny. She does anyway. And they I, fight. I, I guess her name is Deny uh, Guerrera. Guerrera, yeah. She was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a little dodgy asking. Because <laughs> the other thing is, Michelle's got these supernatural senses, right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't smell the stink coming off this daughter and this zombie girl, and she can't hear her going, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a little lame that they they like why did you why did you drag off the reveal until you know you pulled her head off? We knew she's a zombie. Well, we like, knew if we, we didn't, saw her. I know what I'm saying, but if we if we didn't know, that would make sense narratively. Oh, but I'm gotcha. like I don't understand why they did that. But she still acted the shit out of that. Yeah, and the confrontation with her staring down the governor and realizing. Who this is and how and what it's it like it's even him. crazier than it. And then her yeah. de- like the man, she can act her pants off just with her face. Like if they would give her more stuff, <laughs> how if, does that work? If they didn't pants off with your face, um, that's how good she is. <laughs> Damn, it's like you can you know Photoshop <laughs> people's pants off. She can act not with my face. I can't with her face. She can act her her pants off. And I just think it's it's amazing if they would let her. You know, they quit wiring her jaw shut. Yeah, the entire time all she's been doing is scowling. Now, when she has an actual emotion to play, other than pissed off, yeah, she's I amazing. really hope they find a uh, a better a, a better um, something more befitting what she's capable of doing in, in the next half of the season. And I do, I, so, I will say that she made. I like the steps that they made her. Like, I feel like at the end of this episode, she finally let down some of her. You know. Yeah. hard-nosed bitch armor she's like finally like but she I, realized like i want yeah. to be with these people i don't want to be left behind yeah. i don't want to be alone like i trust these people in a way that i didn't trust the woodbury they feel yeah. gen- even though they're treating me kind of bad and like you know maybe it's like well they're suspicious of me and rightfully so maybe rightfully so yeah. and she's got that self i mean i i kind of feel like they're getting her to a good place to become a fan favorite in, yeah. in season 3.5 hopefully not because they're killing daryl off oh oh yeah. don't replace daryl man with I just, uh, the thing is is i gotta say when we do make them a badass we, duo man are we doing a season wrap-up next week we will yeah okay because uh, i want to that's the one thing is like i'm scared to death for daryl now yeah because 
um, I, I think they could kill him and the show would survive. And I think that – I, I really think at this point there's only Rick and Carl safe. And I care about a significant number – Tyrese of isn't safe? Man, for the whole season? <laughs> like, like just, that just, was a joke, dude. No, okay. I, I just feel like all these people are going to die throughout the seasons. And it's yeah. going to be – like all the easy deaths are over. The 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 fucking oh, yeah. the fiesta is over. Eh, We're not Carol having no. Nah, probably go without too much trouble. I'm not going to throw a fiesta. No, no, no. Definitely damn not. Sure. And I'm saying that the that's, celebratory deaths are yeah. over. Now I know we've got some fans that, that disagree, and I'm going to read one of their 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 takes. But I'm just saying, for my part, from here on out, I'm not going to be really excited to see any of these people die. Fair enough. I'm not either. Um. Except maybe the governor. I want him to die. Well, I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about uh, Can we talk people. about the, the brutal, brutal fight that goes on here? Sure. This was especially well done, in my opinion. I mean... Oh, yeah. They, they didn't do any of the traditional tropes where they kind of draw out a fight. Yeah. It was a kind of long fight, but everything that happened in that fight needed to happen and was especially brutal. And well choreographed. I mean, yes. there wasn't shaky cam. Like, there was a very good sense of... The, the thing that people do to fuck up good fight scenes is there's no visual orientation. You don't know where the hell is like where, yeah. you know, it's like this, it's like you very clearly got is well staged, well shot, well acted. And like you said, long drawn out, but no, just bullshit stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I felt like I was in the middle of this fight. Like when he slams Michonne's head yeah. up against the wall, yeah. it's like, God, that's gotta hurt. And then he smashes her into the fish tanks. Yeah. Now let me ask you something a little <sighs> racially charged. Okay. This is Maggie. Do they show her getting punched in the face? This is not Maggie. No, if this were Maggie. Oh. Like, well, I'm yeah, saying it's why like, not? really? I feel like that that... No, I I don't see any reason they wouldn't. Hmm. And I, but I did, when I was watching that, I, that's my first thought. I was like, if this were Maggie, I don't think that we'd see the governor full punching her in the face. No, I think they would. But then I started thinking, is that because is this is a black-white thing? Or is this... I, the governor Michonne being boob, so... Huh? Yeah, the governor was feeling up all over Michonne during that fight scene. Totally. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So there's a scene where she tries to he tries to headlock her. Grabs her boob right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> um well that's a yeah, that's a, okay. I don't even know what to say about that. But I was thinking it's like is <laughs> I, I don't is, was it a black and white thing or was it I don't a think so. tough girl versus not as tough girl thing. Although Maggie is pretty tough too. I don't know what goes on in your head, frankly. <laughs> I well, do I not know. Try to give you a little glimpse there, Jim. Let's move on. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, Andrea walks in at the end of that fight. We didn't talk about this. Uh, and once again... Did we talk about... Michonne goes completely silent, along with everything else in the room, by the way. No chomping we, zombies. We talked no about governor, governor getting the glass to the eye, right? We haven't actually mentioned it, no, but it happens. That was also brutal. Very brutal. And it happened quickly, too. Yeah. It was like she grabs it and stabs. It wasn't like... And broke it off in there. Yeah. That was yeah. the yeah. She's you clearly saw it go in and then break off. Ouch. Yeah. But then they yeah we got the Andrea Michonne stare down. And it shouldn't have been a stare down. It should have been a look around you, bitch. Yeah, There's all, crazy stuff going on here. All I wanted Michonne to see, and again, well acted, and I like the kind of slow parallel. All she had to do is before she leaves, like just like take a look around you. Yeah. That would have been more effective than just walking out, right? Yeah, or I found your people that you were always talking about in the eight months we spent together, night and day. You know? Yeah, any of that. I mean, but but if if she just said, like, forgot, Andrea, look around you. 
this is not what you think it is. And then... Yeah, I... But at least Andrea does take notice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard not to when there are zombie heads gnashing around The governor you. is <laughs> grabbing his zombie daughter and weeping over Which, by the way, yeah. I bet it stings like a bitch to cry that hard with glass stuck in your eye. <laughs> the salty tears? Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's got to burn. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine how bad that would hurt. <laughs> bad enough having glass in your eye, but you're crying. You're adding the salty tears to it? Uh, yeah, that'd be bad. Paper cuts and lemon juice, man. <laughs> we need to move on. Have nothing on uh, that. Carl, Carl leads Tyrese's group back to the cell block. Um, and he was about to put down that girl who got bit, but Tyrese says that he should be the one to do it because they need to put down their own. Uh, but before he has a chance to splatter her head with a hammer, Carl locks him in and they become incensed about it. Or at least the, the one girl, I don't know her name, Sasha. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Sasha's the, the major domo. She's not cool with it, but Tyrese has no problem. She's He's like, look, they helped us. They've done all they need to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my question here is, has anyone dealt with the bit girl? I think Ben should. I mean, he needs to get in there with the getting's good. But has he? He didn't in the, in the scene <laughs> that we saw. Uh, not no. No. I, I think that's implied, though, because the, he was going to, and then he was interrupted by, you know... Is it because at the beginning of this episode... Uh, what, you think Sasha, they're going to let her turn? The, the real Sasha uh-huh. does say that they need to they need to keep her outside here. They can't take her with them into the prison. And she says it's a mistake. Now, did they say that for no reason? Man. Or if, is that girl coming back to bite dude, somebody? if she comes back and bites somebody, that's season two bullshit all over again. I agree. I'm putting you on notice, Mazera. You got two months <laughs> to fix this shit if that's what you're planning. It's already filmed, then he's gonna go back. No change it. No, you got you got you got ten weeks plus to fix this shit. You better not open up with so- with uh, not Sasha <laughs> yeah. running amok. I hope not. Uh so we go back over to the governor who's had his eye patched up by the doctor. Looks really gross though. I mean he's he's effectively got an X eye. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andrea comes in and questions him about what the hell was going on in that apartment. He's spinning like a plate. Yeah. yeah. I, he had a ready answer for the for the heads, but he didn't have an answer for uh, what the fuck is going on with. If you're Andrea, Penny. do you still buy it? Do you well, still here's the buy thing. it? How long are we going to give Andrea? This is it. If she doesn't wise up well, now, she's saying, dead like, to me. And what do you want to see next season? Do you want to see what do you want? What do you expect her to do? She has to stop. She has to intervene in Daryl and Merle's effectively execution. Okay. She has to stop it. She has to go up to the governor and say, this is it. Stop this thing or we're done. I'm out of here. Do you think that's a reasonable thing for a person to do in her position? Yes. She owes Daryl. She shot him. That's true. That's that's truth. Yeah, she has to. Yeah. And if she doesn't stand up to the governor here, she's an idiot and I'm on board with... Everybody who said she should have wised up All right. at the beginning so, of the season. I was season. thinking that maybe I'll give her an episode or two to figure no. thing, figure her exit strategy out. But you're right. Daryl and, Mer- and Merle's life are hanging in the balance. Mortal she, danger. She owes Daryl for damn sure. Yes. Got to happen. Um, and then Point Dexter and Merle, or Milton and Merle, come in um, and kind of say, hey, what happened? Um. And the governor like is tea? like visibly suspicious of Merle in this season, right? Or in this scene. Oh yeah, right? and Merle knows like the way yeah. uh, Rooker played that. He he knows like oh shit something. Yeah, wrong. he says I'll go after him in the morning. 
Uh-huh. And and he's like, oh, well, that's what you did with Michonne, too. And she came back and fucked things up. Right. So, yeah. Uh, he's definitely suspicious. Rick and crew are waiting outside Woodbury for Daryl, but Michonne shows up instead and tells Rick that he needs her. Um, and I guess he believes her because he doesn't kill her. <laughs> well, I, I think she he saw something change in her. Like, you know, she really was scared about the idea of these guys leaving her. Yeah. And, like, that's as vulnerable as I've ever, ever seen Michonne, which means she was vulnerable at all because I've never seen her vulnerable. <laughs> Even uh, though Rick says, where the hell were you? And she once again does the silent thing, puts her hands up. Allowed her be disarmed. She put her hands up just as, like, you know, don't shoot me. But why doesn't she say, I went to find your friend Andrea or I went to kill the crazy ass governor with her hands up? I I don't know. That's that'd be a bridge too far. Maybe. I don't I don't know. I just I, I just, just don't understand how someone hasn't killed her over a misunderstanding already. Right? She must not have encountered anybody. Right. Well, I mean, she encountered Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised Andrea didn't kill her. Yeah, you'd think that. I don't know. Maybe the long, cold, hard Georgia winter has done this to her. She was actually a pretty I jovial guess. person. Like you know the. Hard on her sleeve and laughing her laugh laughing her throat. <laughs> a laugh in her step. When she first uh bells on her toes when she first <laughs> met Andrea. All that went away after that brutal Georgia winter. Uh last scene. The governor gathers up his goons or the, the townspeople or something. I Everyone, know. every damn person. It's not everybody. There Man. are like four women here and it's like thirty I saw, people. I saw a fat Walmart mom in the crowd. That's everybody. I agree, but that's not everybody. Everybody that's capable of getting out of bed. <laughs> Okay. And hearing gunfire. No, yeah, no, everybody who didn't town. sleep through the gunfire. No, the whole town was there. I disagree. There's only 70 people. I wholeheartedly disagree, That's before sir. Rick killed a couple of them. Uh, Rick and Maggie. And he tells them that Merle's a terrorist. Boom. Straight up. Threw There's your right terrorist. Bus. Um, and why, like, uh, speaking of silent treatment, why isn't Merle saying something? Like, this is bullshit. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is bullshit. I'm being framed, you know. I don't know. Merle's I not mean, the type to just kind of take this line down. I think he would be like nonstop motor mouthing. You would think so, yeah. I mean, that's what he's mm. doing to T Dog. He's like, no, you can't do this. You can't, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they do throw Daryl out there and say, and here's his brother. So that's kind of. And they can't deny each other surprising. because they got the same fucking saggy eyes. <laughs> they got they? the most bloodhoundy eyes uh-huh. I've seen this side of. <laughs> I haven't Detective noticed. Detective McGruff. Or whatever. <laughs> nice. Um, but the thing that's going to, the thing that uh, is sealing the governor's fate, and I would have fought you a little bit about this Andrea His lack flipping. of depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> when Andrea meets Daryl's eyes and they recognize each other, yeah. that's the downfall of the governor. Mm, and I hope also, so. Yeah. And also... So. Could someone high def tell me what the hell Daryl's chest tattoo was? I don't know. He's got this little thing that I almost looks like a like a princess tiara above over his his what? I guess his, okay. his that would be his uh, left breast. Weird. I don't I, know. I didn't notice it honestly. I was like, so. "What the hell is that?" And I tried to freeze frame it, but of course we got yeah low shitty def. So like something my son drew with a green magic marker. Uh, we're running pretty long here, which is why I've been rushing us. Do we want to talk about the Star Trek scenario here? The well, Kirk versus Spock showdown. So you think because that's, that's, we that's had inevitably feedback. coming. No, let's, let's skip it because we get that okay. in feedback. Fair enough. Uh, that's the end of the episode. I'm going to do Idiot Survivor and Zombie Kill of the Week real quick. 
idiot survivor who is the girl who gets bit in the beginning, uh, not Sasha. She's an idiot. And zombie kill of the week definitely goes for to Michonne for killing uh, the governor's daughter. That's freaking awesome. Sword right through the mouth, right, right through the back of the head. Yeah. I don't even know if that hit her, hit her brain, but apparently it did. Brain stem. She's dead. Severed her brain yeah. stem. I don't know. All right, that's it. Let's do some feedback. Um, Catherine from Australia said, in a situation where a subgroup has to go off on a dangerous mission, like extracting prisoners from Woodbury, is it better to send all your real strength on the mission and mm. increase its chance of success or keep some of your big guns back with the main group? That's so the talked, question. We talked about the strategic and tactics of this. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I think ideally, if you can afford it, you take most of your strength there. Um, because theoretically they don't know you're coming, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be sending anybody to you. Mm-hmm. Um, although Rick does know that Merle knows where they are, right? No. Why would he know that? Wouldn't Michonne tell him? No. That, hey, uh, Merle got your friends there and... But she wouldn't know. He wouldn't know that they broke. Yeah, I guess. He takes that risk. But yeah, so you got to send most of your strength there. But you got to leave somebody behind, which they didn't seem to do. Do you though? They left because Carl, but here's I don't the thing: think she's that much of a badass yet. If you succeed, you get two more badasses back, mm, yeah. and you strike a blow, and you go back, and you've got a nice defensible position. If you fail, you've got what? You leave one token badass behind, which arguably he did with with Carl. Yeah. But you leave one token badass behind. What the hell is he going to do against the full might of Woodbury? <laughs> So, so I'm saying it's like you, a go. You have to go for broke. Oh, oh, I thought you were arguing for just cutting your losses and not doing anything. No, well, I mean that's that's the I other don't option. think this group could do that. That yeah. would be another option. Yeah, but I think okay. the, if, if you're going to go the noble route, you have to send the full house and hope that the mission succeeds. Because yeah, leaving Daryl behind against everyone in Woodbury is. A losing situation. Yeah, that just dooms him. You bring all these guys back, where you can put people in towers, and un- you know you've got some options. You you know you've got a. It's always better to be defending versus the attacker. But one person, yeah, can't, can't hold off twelve armed men. There's just no, no. fucking way. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So that's my my unless thought. you're Tony Montana. Um, Richard C asked, "Do you guys care about the characters?" He says, "I don't think he does. More or less, I just want to see what happens next." Um. He Some says, of the characters I care about. He he says, uh, none of the characters in the show are doing it for me. I remember really caring about everyone in season one. He thinks Morgan with the zombie ri- wife and his rifle sights hmm. is still the most emotionally impactful moment in the show. Am I alone on this? Um, I like the stuff they're doing with Glenn and Maggie, honestly. I'd say on the I hate all the characters bandwagon, there's a lot of seats available right now. I feel like yeah. I was on that with you. I checked out somewhere early on in this season. Um, there's, you know, we were, I feel like we've, we've talked about this a lot already. Oh, we talked about it a lot in season two <laughs> there. You're not alone, Richard, but it's getting lonely. Yeah. Now we're, uh, this thing's kind of stands on a knife's edge, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would be very easy for them to mess up the second half of this season, but they've, I mean, at this point I got to give the show the benefit of the doubt. They ended season two strong. Season three has been that strong or stronger. Yeah. There's been some missteps here or there, but I'm invested. I absolutely care about Rick and, mm-hmm. and Carl's relationship. Absolutely care about uh, Maggie and Glenn's relationship. Absolutely care about, I'm surprisingly invested in how Merle versus Daryl's going to go down. Yeah, actually. Uh, Herschel, you check. 
Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in like what's what's going to happen with Carl and Beth, and like if Beth were to die, what that do to Carl? I mean, are you interested in Carol and Axel? No, <laughs> I am in interested. I'm like I said, I'm not down. I thought Carol's performance last week was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. I liked her scene here with Axel. I would like to see. I I'm going to give Carol and Daryl my blessing. They have. They I want have, them to be happy. They have things they could do with all of the characters now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, none of them seem like they're totally super, superfluous or just getting in the way of the other characters. Uh, moving on, Sean from Kentucky wanted a little love for his original crack back on episode four, I think, where he speculated Poindexter's tea was brewed from steep zombie heads for aphrodisiac qualities. And we, we did the same riff basically last week. Yeah. Natural male enhancement. And we didn't give him any credit. So, Sean, sorry about that. Yeah, we we found a better one though, Soylent Tea. I mean, Soylent Tea. That's he even. Yeah, he, yeah, he acknowledges he, that. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, uh, we haven't. I kind of was worried about Daniel WB, our professional podcast yeah. critic, but he uh, surfaced for a brief note. He says, "Just listening to your mailbag, and someone referred to the lame interrogation tactics of the governor slash Merle. I think his point was if they are both had both prisoners in the same room and forced Mags to disrobe, that would have been enough to get Glenn singing like a canary in about four seconds." Mm. You guys should build on that yeah. segment where one of you simulates a torture technique on himself and tells us how much it hurts. <laughs> so I guess I'm supposed to get naked, like, like, because I, I I took the 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 knife edge <laughs> to the nose. So I'm All supposed right. to get naked and see if you break. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Trust me, you get naked. I'm out of here. I was gonna say we've managed to live together for three <laughs> something years without seeing each other naked. I don't want to really break that streak. Yeah, right that's not something I want to happen. Okay. Uh, Elena from or Elena from Trinidad says, as a person who's been dis- uh, dependent on glasses and contact lenses for 15 years, there's something that bugs me about The Walking Dead. Considering how many people wear glasses these days, it's strange that everyone in the series seems to have perfect vision. Hmm. I mean, if I were without my glasses in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, I can only imagine feeling so helpless and useless and not being able to tell a walker from a tree in long distances. I think I might as well die or just de- die before the season even starts or series even starts. She goes, hey, did I just answer my own question here? <laughs> <laughs> you might have. Yeah. I think one of the reasons so many people wear glasses today is because we've pretty much um, pulled a uh, rope-a-dope on the old evolution slash natural selection. Yeah, yeah, those people would be dead. Yeah, if this were a harsher world. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. My vision's not that bad, but if I had to go running around, it would be a serious handicap, especially Same at here. night. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've I had my glasses did. blow off my face before and get run over by a cab <laughs> in Seattle. In Seattle, I remember that, and uh, I was lost for the Hilarious. rest of the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I think th- it's cool that we have listeners from Trinidad. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, we're like, we're, we're global, baby. That's amazing. Australia, Germany. Yeah. Listen to this mailbag alone. Yabo. Uh, Bob B. asks, how about, how, about how far into the comic can I read and not spoil myself? I'm really interested in the compendium, but I don't want to read it and ruin the show. Let me know what you think, please. Um, I started to answer this individually, but I'm like, well, what the hell? A lot of people might want to know this. Mm-hmm. I would say you go on to go, and it's hard to say because this is kind of like remixy. I was going to say, I would read all the way because it's not following the comic that closely. That's one issue, right. but but if you want to take right up to where Michonne and the governor had their uh, confrontation, and in the comic mm-hmm. it's way more brutal, <laughs> you want to read right to issue 33, including 33. Stop okay. at 34 because that – issue 33 is where she confronts the governor and then her and the group escape from Woodbury that, that, that time, and you're going to be synced up roughly with the show – 
timeline, and I don't think you will. In fact, the show spoiled a couple plot lines, like the phone ringing and things like that, mm, that yeah. you would actually experience later on. And and also, you're going to find out a shitload more about Tyrese. Mm-hmm. So there might be some mild spoilers there, but again, that's as best as I can sync you up with this weirdo alternate universe timeline. Hope that helps. Jake from Tallahassee asks, does that Shane hallucination show that Rick is still slipping? Yeah, he's still suffering from the psychotic break, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's some kind of crazy. Wait a second. Your hair is growing, man. <laughs> Your hair, what's happening? Are you having a psychotic break now? I think so. Uh, no, that's clearly something is still. And unfortunately, Oscar yeah. paid with his life. Yeah, Rick could have probably taken that guy out pretty easily. Uh, Ruben from Boston says a Woodbury citizen that was incapacitated by Rick was discovered by none other than a shitty bow girl. And she's carrying a gun. Frightening. Oh, geez. that will solve team prisons problems down the road with further confrontations with Woodbury. Shitty bow girl will kill half her own comrades with her terrible aim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cosign Malcolm. I, I think her and Andrea really connected in that moment. <laughs> you know, uh, Malcolm E says, I don't understand your comments about T dog being difficult on set. All right. So we had a bunch of people send this in. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm was the first. He said, on the Talking Dead episode after his death, it was practically dedicated to him. The producer that was on the show with Jim was singing his praises. Was it all BS, or is your source full of it? I don't know. All I know is Alan Seppenwall and Daniel Feinberg, which are both critics that I respect, said that their scuttlebutt on the set was that he was a difficult actor to work with. And that doesn't mean he's an asshole. Uh It could mean that they didn't think he was capable of carrying the weight. Obviously, Mazzara said to everyone in the writers up until last season, he said, and I quote, everyone in the writers room is a big T-Dog fan and we can't wait to get more stuff for him to do (laughs) in season three. Now, that clearly was a bullshit, bald faced lie. So do I believe Alan Seppenwall and Daniel Feinberg Mm. over the producers of the show? Yes, I do. Do I think Irony Singleton is a wonderful human being? I don't know why he wouldn't be. I'm can just I, saying can I play devil's advocate. This quick? is not something that I personally read or have experienced. I'm just passing along a possible Certainly. reason. Yeah. We don't know the guy in person, so we can't say, right. Uh, maybe he wanted more money coming back into season three. Sure. Maybe something happened between season two and season three to where you get that comment and it's genuine from the writers and everything where he's a great guy and they want to do more with him. And then come season three he's tough to work with. Difficult yeah. to work with, whatever. Right. I mean, it's Hollywood. That's what the fuck. Yeah, it's, it's it's all kind of like you know bullshit and lies at some point. But so. again, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I just we're just reporting what we were because I was trying to figure out why would they do this? Yeah, like how do I rationalize what I've been told versus what I've seen? And that was one possible explanation for why it's kind of unexplainable. Yeah, doesn't mean it's true. Uh, so moving on, we got, uh, oh, one last thing. Rob Z has a good take. I think the title of the previous episode, When the Dead Come Walking, is referring to Michonne. As far as Governor knows, she died in the woods when Merle and his men killed her. So I believe the title can be applied to both mm. when Michonne shows up at the prison, looking like and mingling with the dead. But more likely, it probably refers to when Michonne comes back to Woodbury at the end of the episode. Nice. I Rob, one-man name game player. <laughs> Good diagnosis nice. there. Uh, moving on to new stuff. Evan K says, The governor reminds me of Foghorn Leghorn. If he ever has the line, <laughs> I say, I say, you'll see it too. Yes. Surprisingly, yes. I totally see the Foghorn Leghorn. He gets a little Foghorny. Does he? Yeah. Well, that's the... The Brit trying to do the Southern accent. I think so. <laughs> the Southern American. Anthony TB says, I have a prediction on Merle and Daryl. When Merle 
When Daryl kills Merle, it will come to light that Merle... Wait, yeah. When Daryl kills Merle, it will come to light that Merle started the fire that killed his mother when he told the story about her burning the house. Mm, that's do you see rough. Like a, do you see like a Lion King type, you know, uh, confession? I yeah. killed our mother. He does have a pretty nasty scar. <laughs> it's his whole hand, in fact. Yeah. Uh, Frack and Toaster said, great episode. I think I'll give it a nine. Both sides got bloody noses, and each team donates a Dixon to the cliffhanger. <laughs> Uh, I see your Dixon and call. <laughs> it's once again impossible to ignore the parallels to Lost. I noticed a gym lampshaded on the cast last week. The opening scene, raining in the forest in an undetermined location, the danger, the busted fence. And as we pull the camera out to strange music and see the prison, the way it's filmed is textbook Lost. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jim? You're the, the I agree. big Losty. Like he said, I mentioned it last episode. Uh, not specifically the stuff that he said, but yep. there were a lot of tie-ins there. Uh, the governor channeling Ben Linus. Linus uh, lost his daughter. What? Benjamin Linus? Are you fucking kidding me? Wait. You're going to talk about Lost, and then you're going to bring up Benjamin Linus. Why? Keep I'm going. not doing Keep it. It's frack and toaster, asshole. <laughs> Keep going. Just back off. Back off, man. <laughs> uh, he lost his daughter and gained a mortal enemy and got the shit kicked out of him, just like the ass whoopings Ben took at the hand of the heroes. I think it's derivative, but also incredibly fresh and exciting, so I can't fault him too much. So what what was your problem there? Is he writing us from a hot air balloon? What? Is that what's happening here? What are you talking about? <laughs> Keep going. Uh, he also said, check off zombie head fish tank? <laughs> Maybe. It almost was. We almost got Michonne's elbows bit here. Oh, yeah. There's her bows were in trouble. <laughs> they were. She couldn't drop them bows. She'd be half the woman <laughs> she is. Uh <laughs> Ravi oh, C man. says, I'm going to wear some slippers in the morning. R.I.P. Oscar. Uh, enough said. Adam H. says, you know, it's super weird seeing Michonne's vengeance on the show and comparing it to the comic. Not spoiling anything, but Michonne's desire to get the governor in the comic is probably the most justified need to kill I've ever seen in this story. But oh. in the show, it's kind of strange how angry she is at him. Yes, they sent a yeah. hit squad at her, but she seems so damn hell-bent to make his life not only hell, but break him and then kill him. Am I the only one that thinks this? No. Maybe I th- they were trying to appease comic fans, but I think it's pretty obvious we won't see the true horrors that the governor dishes out like he does in the comic, at least when it comes to Michonne. Yeah, so there was some confusion here, right? Like, what is Michonne's motivation uh, in this yeah. episode? There shouldn't be that confusion if she's really going after the governor for the same very strong reasons that she is in the comic. Right, right, yeah. No, so totally. you're not the only one who thinks that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I felt like, again... Uh, oh, can, again, why does do you think is can I mean AMC showed a pretty graphic degouging of a dude's eye? Like, yeah. where do they make the call of like, well, we're not going to rate Maggie. We are going to poke a shard of glasses, dude's eye. Yeah, where I mean, like, I wonder is it is it is it something that the the censors have the say, ultimate say on, or what can they get away with? I don't know. I mean, they're they they can be graphic, but there's lots of ways you can tell bad shit is happening without it actually happening they can be graphic though right they're cable they're well, basic but they're not cable. hbo cable no but hbo they're cable. murders infants they're... right in front of your eyes you know <laughs> yes but they're pay to play they're not over the air anybody can tune into this yeah but there's so like they could well, get the away Villigan, with it without fines the villigan said on like breaking bad that they can get away with dropping the f-bomb like once per season but, but they're talking about the studio not letting them because they don't want to go that far right mm, i don't know i mean i don't think anyone's talking about it but fans i'm just wondering okay um, i don't know i mean there is certainly a precedent in this country where 
violence is tolerated much more than any sexual content whatsoever. And sexual violence is like really that's yeah that is a line that no one that's the peanut cross. butter and chocolate that just doesn't mix <laughs> yeah it's like the opposite it's like oil and water cat shit and vinegar <laughs> exactly <laughs> two bad tastes that don't go to get together <laughs> Uh, Jordan from Muncie, Indiana says the oh. episode was good and I appreciated what they did with it, but there were some major problems out of this episode. Firstly, the scene with Michonne and the governor, when she was holding the child and he disarmed himself completely, I said to myself, all right, get him closer, push the kid to him, then stab him to death oh, or stab yeah. him both. And the camera angle is even perfectly set up for it to happen. But instead Michonne ended up right ended ending it right then and there. She just stabs the kid. I just came out of my seat when that happened. It was one of the only things in the episode that nearly ruined it for me, aside from my vile disdain for Andrew's character progression to this point. Uh, he said Daryl and Merle getting captured at the end together pulled on a lot of people and gave a great cliffhanger. The portrayal yeah. of the townspeople screaming, kill them, at Daryl and Merle <laughs> was chilling to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, even the Walmart moms. Uh, this whole time, at the outside, as outside viewers, we've been able to see this world develop and see these specific people turn a specific way. But to have the entire town screaming for blood and death is quite frightening. And, it shows what fear yeah. can do to people, and did so in a very powerful way. Very well put. I've seen this happen, and I mean, I'm old enough. I've seen this shit happen in real life. Like oh, we, really? as a people, specifically Americans, can call for people's blood in a fucking hurry. Like, yeah, and that's. That's one of the themes. The the threat is the people, right? The threat is not necessarily the zombies here. Right. The the nature of humanity is really supposed to be explored in the show. Yeah. You know, how much they do that, I don't know. But this episode, they certainly did that. Sure. Quite a bit. And I and I think your mention of the Walmart moms here is actually a key point. They need everyone there screaming mm-hmm. because if it's his guys, his guys with guns and his guards who are automatically primed to kill everyone around them mm-hmm. that's not as big a deal as if it's some soccer mom shouting kill them yes yes that's indeed. messed up indeed. and that's what this world is sure so i agree uh tyler from the uk said i love how they brought shane back in this episode and it got me thinking am i the only one who misses the flashbacks in the walking dead the fused in season two were great and they all revolved around shane and built his character not only did they show us Things, how mm. things were before the apocalypse started, but even before Rick woke from his coma, we got to see other characters dealing with getting out of Atlanta. We're big fans of flashbacks in the show, right? I am. Yeah, I would love to see more flashbacks to the zombie apocalypse happening. Maybe that's what they're doing with T Dog. They're just saving all of his stuff <laughs> for flashbacks. Yeah, big back. I've actually heard a Mazera say that in an interview, but I'm like, mm. I don't believe that. Yeah, I'll believe when I see it. Yeah, especially if they're circulating shit to professional reviewers about him being difficult to work with. Yeah, like if I was T- if I was Irony, I'd be like, fuck you, people. Yeah, I'm not coming back. Right. Me and Oscar are going to start our own show. <laughs> uh, Tiffany C. says, this finale episode really irritated me. Did I see Maggie mm-hmm. shoot Oscar, who was shot because Rick was having a dumbass moment in the head like he was surefire dead? I guess since Tyrone was introduced, there's simply no room. Tyrone? I- oh, Tyrese. Tyrone? Uh, Tyrese. Did you miss? No, she, she fucked it up. Oh, wow. Way to go, you, way to go Tiffany. <laughs> guess all black guys got to be called Tyrone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's not even T-Dog's name. <laughs> now you're an asshole. <laughs> uh, 
I expect his black teammate will be dead too, since her and Michonne can't possibly coexist. Speaking of Michonne, I had hopes for Michonne's character in this by Cedar just going to portray her as the angry black woman. Thanks, AMC. Yep. I'm glad we got to see Tyrese. I'm not glad we got to see Tyrese, a grown-ass man, locked in a cell by Carl and, get this, accepting it happily. Apocalypse or not, nobody wants to be locked <laughs> up in a cell like a dog or a criminal. I haven't seen anybody, even the prisoners, be happy about it yet. But Tyrone? Well, this is the best thing he's seen in months. Did anyone see Carl's face on the other side? That's what evil looks like. Yeah, it's got the banality of evil thing going on. Different take. Honestly, all joking aside, this is bullshit. Yes. Like, I would like to see some serious, like, I think there should be a little bit of accountability here. Like, come on now. (laughs) This isn't musical black people. No, we we can handle more than one black person on the screen at a time. This is not the 1800s. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there were no screens back then, but like I said, we make jokes about it, but it's not really that funny. I mean, no, and I don't understand why they're doing it. I mean, especially they had to be somewhat sensitive of this criticism, right? It's been a criticism since the beginning of the series. I mean, T Dog does not have the lines that he should and have. And what lines he does is a stereotypical, like, Will Smith jokey, oh, this is bullshit. And yep. I mean,. Like I said, is there a, not a single African-American or woman writer on the staff? And I know that there's women writing I know that there are women, yeah. So, anyway, I don't want to get my social just, uh, ju- ju- um, soapbox too much, but damn. It's, it's a legitimate question. Um, Mike C. says, Carl has evolved from Beta Carl to Alpha Carl. It's time to lose the hat. Yes. Give it to Axel. He seems to be as useless as Carl was in season two. Good take. And maybe, maybe he gives it to Axel. He can keep her away from Beth. Or keep him away from Beth. Uh, he has a contrapoint to uh, Tiffany. He says, I already like Tyrese in the show, keeping level head in a situation where it probably would have lost his shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of split the difference. Like, I understand what Ty- what J- um, Tiffany was saying, that that does seem a bit much to be like, this guy just told to accept it. But on the other hand, we already had one character losing his shit, or losing her shit. And as a leader, you're, you, you've got to... You know, what, what's your lo- best long-term play? Like, the best long-term play is probably his house, his rules. We can always f- lose our shit tomorrow if they mm-hmm. don't decide to let us in. But, you know, again... And there's really nothing, nothing that they can do at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're locked in there. Right. I mean, I, I feel like in within the show's universe, you can justify people being understanding of suspicion, especially when they did do them a solid. Yeah. Right? But, you know, it's kind of toned after our ears, but... You know, it's it's different than T Dog to Oscar to Tyrese. Uh, Tommy A said the gunfight was ridiculous. How many shots did each side fire with only two people hit? When did Rick and company get automatic weapons? Did Rick magically find a cornucopia full of machine guns? It blatantly showed both sides point blank exchanging fire, and neither side connects the shot. That's a lot to take in there, Tommy. I'll say that I actually yeah. thought that's a realistic gunfight. That shit happens all the time. It's surprisingly more difficult than you would think to hit something with a weapon with, yeah. a, with a gun especially like like read block black hawk down you had mm. thousands of armed somalis with submachine guns and assault rifles firing at a small team of uh a stationary ranger, stationary pin down small team of uh delta force operators and uh army rangers and didn't kill hardly any of them for like yeah. 24 hours. It's kind of amazing because it's hard to hit a, a moving human being. I got to say my 
my take on these gunfight scenes has really changed since I fired a since I went shooting for the first time. Yeah. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like, if you're laying prone at a range, yeah, you can hit. You know, it's, it's pretty... But you got the adrenaline pumping and from you, and you're not the, trained. after the first bullet is fired, your aim is way off. Yeah. Especially with an automatic weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So, I can... A little bit... Now, where did you get the automatic weapons? I don't know, but they established in the first season, scene, they had some pretty advanced assault weapons with nice optics. Like, this is America. <laughs> yeah you know and it's not dude, chicago some dude to do pretty all right knocking over my house and i'm not even <laughs> really that big of a gun nut so it's like yeah. down in georgia finding ar-15s ak-47s sks's you're gonna get those all day long yeah first thing i'm doing is i'm going to the fairgrounds <laughs> what the, the, the gun, gun knife show, show. Oh, the gun yeah. knife show yeah. hopefully the zombie pox will hit right when the gun shows in full speed. there you go have you been to the gun show? I haven't. It's a fucking Are you gonna trip, introduce man. me to it? Dude, we need you, you need to go. It's <laughs> the craziest alternate universe you've ever seen. It's 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 I feel like this is an elaborate setup for you just flexing your biceps. <laughs> oh, was I doing that? No, I was just like holding my head like disbelief. Okay. Like I said, I'd I, like to go. Anyway, I, I like is, guns, but going to the gun and knife show is like This is not pertinent. Whew. No, it's not. Um what else he said? Why did Glenn need to break the zombie's arm for a weapon? Just because the writers are pushing Glenn and his badassery on us? Because he could have easily turned around and picked up a few chair legs. <laughs> yeah, he could have. I think it's the intimidation factor. Mm. Like, you could hold, like, like if someone came out with me like a shard of furniture, I'd be like, you know, be more apt to just punch him in the face. Comes at me with a jagged, rotting zombie bone. <laughs> I'm going to be, I don't want him to be scratched by that motherfucker. That's true. You know, yeah, like I'm just avoiding a lethal. I'm just avoiding a lethal wound in a knife in a, in a furniture scrap of furniture fight. Mm-hmm. I'm avoiding a mere scratch in a zombie bone shard fight. Yeah, good point. Um, he also has issues if you smash someone through what should have been very thick glass in the aquarium, they yeah. should die. Not sure how Michonne made it out of that alive. Maybe she is a predator. She was all cut up, but this glass isn't that thick. I'm because uh, I actually have a twenty gallon, uh, a yep. thirty gallon aquarium right behind me, and with I'm looking at the it. side with heads in it. And it's like an eighth of an inch thick. Now, sharp as shit. Yeah. Like, this isn't safety glass. No if you break an aquarium, it's that's that's pretty realistic. I'm surprised she didn't get really fucking hurt. But mm-hmm. I don't think she would have died just from the concussion of it. Hmm. Uh, Eric, uh, Evan C. from Houston said, I think it seemed too con- uh, convenient when Merle turned on the governor, or the governor turned on Merle. I guess he's looking for a fall guy, but I fear it's going to take most attention out of the Dixon Brothers reunion. Hmm. What do you think about that? I disagree. I think this is the most tension they could possibly have in this reunion. Uh, they're poised to fight to the death, right? Uh-huh. Is that what I'm seeing here? Well, I mean, that's that's one take. That's the implication, I think. He's going to make them fight to the yeah. death. and then yeah. Or he'll kill them both. Or Yeah, right. That's what yeah, I was that's thinking. That's the Star Trek scenario. Honestly, I didn't get the or kill them both. Or I didn't get the uh, fight to the death. That's going to be an interesting and exciting possibility. Yeah. Um, he also thought it was a narrative mistake to have the Merle be part of the kidnapping and interrogation of Glaggy, uh, because the idea that Daryl tried to integrate Merle back into the group at this point isn't a possibility. I never thought about that. I actually thought maybe Merle is rehabilitated, you know, being able to be rehabilitated, but Mm -hmm. how the hell are they going to sell that to Maggie and Glenn? (laughs) Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's at this point too far. Um, Anyway, he says, of course, this is all speculation that neither brother will be executed at Woodbury. 
If the, but if they are, I'm going to do a one breaking good listener promise to Villigan pulled the it was all a dream ending. I will flip every goddamn table in a 20 mile radius. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of my favorite feedbacks. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, if 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 both brothers make it out of alive uh-huh. next season, that will be that will be a hell of a thing. Um, what if what what if uh, Daryl and Merle just head off to the sunset together? Would you accept that? Like they're just going to break How? off on their own group? Oh well, they got to get out of this situation first. But no, no but, it but would, I think that would be acceptable. I don't know, man. For the, the relationship that they had before this all happened. Seems like a very destructive one for Daryl. I yeah. would not like that to happen. Right. I could see it happening, but I wouldn't yeah. like it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, goes one more thought. Aaron better be fucking hammered tomorrow night. Poindexter lives. <laughs> Point of fact. Oh I said Poindexter if he lives through all of season three. And I even said not mid-season, all of season three. Okay. So my liver lives to live another day. <laughs> but to be uh, fair, you are hammered. I'm yeah I've I've had a fair amount of uh, whiskey in me. Yeah. Um Tom P from Detroit, did they have flashbangs and tear gas? Not yes. smoke it goes but not smoke grenades. Why was no one feeling the effects of tear gas? He goes I know I'm a military guy, gets hung up on weapons but whatever. Oh no, no, I think it was flashbangs. I thought it was just smoke. smoke. Yeah, it is. But I thought they made a big point of saying it was tear gas earlier in the season. No, last episode they specifically said are we going to take Smokes or flashbangs or something like that, and Daryl was like, "Let's take them both." Okay, so I think they do have tear gas, but they probably—I mean, clearly, surely the writers aren't that stupid. You can't just have Daryl wading into a cloud of tear no, gas. No, of course not. Plus, uh, yeah, tear gas is a bad idea because it's liable to just yeah. They come were back the way they face. were using it. It seems like it was for cover. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I bought it with smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorge said, "Just want to say how disappointed I am that Tyrese is going to die first season episode of season 3.5. Spoiler alert. I mean, did you hear how many lines he had? Jeez, he's a goner. <laughs> well, we may have made a joke about that. Uh, in my thoughts, we will get Daryl and Merle showdown, but not for each other. Um, uh, not for each other's groups originally like we thought, but a fight to the end in the arena for Woodbury's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So that's your take. Yeah. Jorge agreed. With and the he's the only one that wrote that in. So I guess it's like you and him are... Aligned on the yeah, way we're unified. Um, let's see here, man. We got a lot. To, we got we got a fair amount to go. Should I should I skip around? Yeah, man. We're at an hour and a half already. Okay, we, we don't have much. On the, we don't have much on the spoilers. Stuff. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm gonna have to skip that one. We still have an one. outro to do too. Um. Okay. Tom New said Milton, uh, uh, or Poindexter, as we like to call him. Is finally or really starting to get my attention. He had some really interesting moments this season, and we keep getting these odd things from him. Uh, in other words, a few episodes ago, when he's collecting walkers from the pit, comments on their eyes. He also made a weird eye comment in this episode uh, when he goes in and after the governor's incident. He says, oh, my God, I just heard. Are you all right? Your eye, is it? And he's cut off by Merle walking in from the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, he goes, finally, in the last shot of the episode, the camera pans around the governor's droopy dog face with all Woodbury <laughs> residents shouting and shaking their fists. And the camera rests with Milton just out of focus and not moving a muscle. I totally noticed that. Did you notice Milton that? out of focus? Yeah, when moving? they when they moved and finally locked the camera, hmm, no. the focus was actually on Milton. He was standing in, in, in the background, and he was just like the camera was focused on the governor, so he was blurry. Mm-hmm. But it was... The the point of the, the the convergence of the point of view of the camera was pointed right at him. I think there's Man. some big stuff for him. That wasn't Man, an accident. I, I think you might be reading too much into um, the cinematography there because 
you're never supposed to show anybody center frame, right? Mm-hmm. You show them, it's a two-thirds rule. You show them off to one side. So if the camera's pointing right at Milton, he's not the subject of that, especially if he's blurry. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my take. Alex F. had a pretty funny skit himself, but we're out of time to read it. I'll get to the... <laughs> oh, uh, I saw that. That's a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, but uh, the juice of his feedback was he wants to complain about what the governor did at the end. His speech was a masterful piece of politicking and pretty much had me cheering. I still like him way more than I think we're supposed to. But the part where he threw Merle under the bus didn't make a whole lot of sense. I understand if he wants to get rid of Merle, but why not just have him killed and then say the terrorists did it? Make him a hero for your people to rally behind. If you make him a traitor, people will start worrying about who they can trust. I guess what I'm saying is hmm. that I'd, I'd be a better totalitarian leader than the governor is. <laughs> totalitarian. Uh, so, yeah, good half season. And for the first time, I'm really looking forward to when the show comes back on. I wish AMC would stop splitting seasons, but whatever. I just hope they don't try that shit with Mad Men. Uh, totally agree. They will. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do it with Mad Men. Weiner won't let him. Oh hell no! Yeah, he would literally, I think, quit the show rather than let them fuck around with Probably. him on that. Um, anyway, I'm I, I I agree. This is the first time where I'm like looking forward, not with like, oh god, I hope this gets better, but like, yeah, I'm I hope they keep yeah. it this high. Yeah, I got to say, we questioned Mazera's leadership last season because it was floundering around on the farm, but now. I gotta say, season three point one or three point oh was really good, and I think if he nails the rest of the season, that I will start to buy into the theory that he just had to get the show into a different spot than where Darabont had, Darabont yeah. had it, and you know he wanted to do it quick and dirty and just get all the pain over, like rip the bandaid off fast. Yeah, and that's what the first half of season two was. Uh, but I do have to say, this is good in a, a different way than Mad Men. Or The Wire or Breaking Bad is good, right? This is good in the action sense. This is good in uh, more of like a 24 type sense. Like, I want to see what it's what happens action next. And suspense, it's not sure. really so much like, oh, I'm really enjoying the character interactions here. But if they get, that's what I'm saying. If they get that, watch out. Yes, definitely. If they can bring Mad Men, Breaking Bad levels of character development and characterizations mm-hmm. and still keep the zombie action, holy shit. And I thought that's where Darabont was going in the first season, the first season and a half maybe, um, where he was trying to take it, and then mm-hmm. they decided that's not working. Let's get rid of him and let's take this in a different direction. Right. So, so. Uh, Quickly, the outro. We are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all our content at baldmove.com, including our full coverage of Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, the latest seasons of Mad Men, Justified, and Breaking Bad. Uh, don't forget our newest affiliates, uh, the Because Show. Again, this third. Can we, before we do the Because Show, can we pimp the next podcast that we're going to be doing? Because this is maybe the last podcast that those people will listen to. A lot of people don't tune into the recap podcast. Oh, what are we doing? Justified? Justified's the next one that comes back on, yeah. Comes uh, back January 6th, I think. Yeah, it's early next year. Yeah, so that'll be, and then we've got Walking Dead coming back in, I think, February 16th-ish? Yeah. In the mm-hmm. middle of February? And then we got, uh, I don't know, they haven't announced when uh, Mad Men's back, but I do know that Game of Thrones comes back uh, 3 13 Oh, okay. So anyway, the Because Show. Oh yeah, the Because Show. They had the three third uh, three year anniversary cast last week. Uh, talked about Netflix for nails, Ralph Lauren teddy bear sweaters, <laughs> and a few hilarious profane that, stories. Yeah, that makes it sound like a lame episode for my particular uh, niche. That's like, but but it's freaking hilarious. It is. Yeah. Just listen to it. It's really funny. Yeah. 
Um, give it a chance. Um, also, the boys in uh, Seattle, Personal Arrogance Crew, they didn't have a show last week because Eric got married. Congratulations, Congratulations Eric. Congratulations, Eric. Pretty lame fucking reason to miss a podcast <laughs> deadline. I got to say, whatever, we've never man. missed one. And not, especially not for marriage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Good luck on that. Uh, if you want to send us feedback, you can do so at the watching, or rather, at watchingdead at baldmove.com. Uh, like me on Facebook.com slash baldmove. Follow Jim on Twitter.com slash baldmove, especially in the off season, because you never know when we're going to do like a preview cast or some crazy shit like that. Or a one-off of Blue Yonder yeah, old show. You know, if you want to you keep on the latest, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, we also appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. You guys have been heroes. Wow, we are yeah. so close to 400 reviews, which will put us at one of the most popular uh, I think there's one more ahead of us that, like, at, you know, the 14s, 414 or something. But yeah. I think we can crush them in the next week or two. Um, not that it's a competition. Yeah, cr- But it's totally with- fucking competition. <laughs> we want to crush these. No. Uh, <laughs> I actually enjoy their cast, but okay. Um, no, so we we appreciate your help. That's what that's what helps build our audience. Number one thing they can do. Number two thing you can do, tell your friends and family, your coworkers. We appreciate you spreading the news that way. Share our shit on Twitter and Facebook. Also, our Amazon affiliate links, amazon.baldmove.com. Um, you know, it's Chris, Christmas is right around the corner. Amazon's got free next day shipping with Prime accounts and for a lot of, lots of stuff anyway. And they got daily deals. They're really p- pimping this, you know, digital shopping for Christmas stuff hard. They got amazing deals every deal, every day. If you use the amazon.baldmove.com link or the banner at the top of our webpage, we get a teeny tiny cut of their action. And that's what pays the bills, keeps us in booze, keeps the electricity flowing, and the hard drive spinning at the Bald Move headquarters. And that's it. Now, you neglected to mention our new Reddit, our subreddit. Oh, so our Reddit experiment, um, and, and I, I feel like, God, we don't have time to talk to this, but I'm going to take the time. Okay. If you're in this far in the cast, you're, you're, you're dedicated. Yeah. You're in for the long haul. You're going to listen to the spoilers probably even. <laughs> so we, we did this Reddit experiment. Uh, Reddit's a social link oh come on they know what reddit is a lot of people don't it's reddit.com slash r slash bald move uh we kind of phrase this poorly we're not moving away from facebook or twitter in favor of this what we really want to do is jim and i are programming nerd types um uh, as our vocation and we want to reddit's got a pretty nice api an application programming interface and we want to get a system to where if you drop feedback on the website or you send us an email that that's going to go through and process through the magic of programming into Reddit threads where people can upvote and downvote. Because right now we are having, you know, I had to just rampage through probably three people's emails. Just I wanted to read them, didn't have time. It sucks that Jim and I have to make that call. Yeah. That's too much power in our hands. We want to make that more of a democratic process. Well, there was also worries that the democratic process might not be as good because you might not get those very specific emails that we we need to talk about for social reasons or for, for other reasons. We'll still read all the feedback. It's not yeah. like we're not checking it out. It's just we're not going to have to aggregate it all and edit it down into a form that we can read yeah, on the show. Yeah, guys, it's kind of like outsourcing. We will still cherry-pick some of the really good ones that we want to read personally. Sure. So. And, you know, again, because right now the reality is if you're leaving this feedback on the fa- on the website comments, I'm not even seeing that. Yeah. Because I already got eight, got like so seven different sources to check and a very limited amount of time. I'm not whining. The other no, thing no, is I don't want to awesome. discourage people from sending a, a, a feedback. Yeah. But 
we're trying to make it more democratic and more easy. And hopefully when we come back for Justified, we'll have these systems in place. We're going to try to bust ass in December and see what happens. Yeah, I got some big projects at work, too. So Oh, I'm really? Like, Shit. Yeah. But one day. <laughs> one of these days. We will rise like the cranky, drunken phoenix that we are. Uh, now we're ready for spoilers, right? I think so. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking with us through the entire season. Uh, the entire half season. Sorry. Uh, please tune in for next week's podcast. We will actually have a recap. I want to talk some differences between the comic book and the show in a non-spoiler way and then spoil the shit out of it in the comic <laughs> book section. And we'll consider... And then kind of where they've left each of these characters. Yeah. And the overall arc for these characters in the half season. We'll talk about it. We'll update our Deadpools. Deadpools. Yeah. And uh, also, you comic fans, come out. I want to see what you think about next season and how far they're going to go and where they're going to end it. I got some pretty good ideas. Talk about awesome. that in the spoiler section. All right. Well, speaking of spoiler sections, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Let's go ahead and run the spoiler thing for next week. AMC's The Walking Dead returns with new episodes this February. The whole town is out on the street. You and I could end this tonight. I need to go see them. He's coming. I'm not sure where the loyalty is lie. What the hell is he doing? You should stop. Stop what? You think they'll leave AMC's The Walking Dead returns this February. Get back here! For a longer look. Okay. Oh, God. So what I noticed I noticed is... they spoiled the Daryl thing immediately. Well, the thing is... Daryl's is... not going to die. He's in Fuck the woods. Fuck you. This is... How many times have we seen Daryl run through the goddamn woods? Are you so sure that this isn't them fucking with you? I mean, how many if they're times... showing me clips from season two, they I'm going to be pissed. They do all the time. How no, can they you don't. be pissed? No, they don't. Justified does it, they man. Show, Everyone they, does it. No, they always show new clips. They No, they lie. They, I know Justified showed... Right. Well, maybe they're, they're fucking with me. Anyway. I but hope not. In reverse order, Herschel's having a confrontation with Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, get back here. Carl's telling his dad that maybe he should give up being a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea also... I mean... We for sure know that there's going to be some issues with her because she's saying she wants to go talk to her people. Um, she's being the governor's, the governor's questioning, her questioning her loyalty. It looks mm-hmm. like she's being held at uh, gunpoint at one point. Um, Maggie and Glenn want to end this tonight. What the hell do you think they're talking about? I don't know. I mean, are they going to do a suicidal run like on they, Woodbury? Or isn't there a suicide pact in the comic? Could mm. that be what they're doing? Ooh, that they don't brutal. seem like the type, though. No, no, no. that would be way that happens out of character. early, early on in the the comic. prison stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we got we got a lot of shit going on, so let's get right to the spoiler feedback. We'll save a lot of the speculation for next week. Okay. Uh, uh, play the name game, though. I want to talk about that. Is the uh, uh, made to suffer mm-hmm. was the name of the comic book arc where Tyrese died hmm. in the first. In, in, in the comic book series, and I thought it's a clever play that they made the introductory introductory episode of Tyrese be that name. Yeah, no, I like that. 
So, uh, Tom New complains, the preview for Season 3.5 gave away way too much. The first shot in the preview is the area we were just in with Merle, Daryl, and company. It's heavily smoky, and everyone is on high alert. I can tell you now that Daryl will be rescued very quickly in the first episode, <laughs> and so will Merle. Soon the preview, we see a shot of Daryl in the woods, and most importantly, we see Glenn and Michonne with weapons drawn run up to Rick. Maggie and what looks like Daryl's Maggie and what looks like Daryl's arm, and he says, "What the hell is he doing here?" Sure, the only person who could evoke hmm. that reaction in both of them is Merle. Merle. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to seeing Merle interact with the group. So mm. the the shot of the smoke uh, that he's talking about inside the arena there, that kind of gives it away, right? Right. The group has to come back for him. I kind of thought that that was kind of. Smoky anyway. They're really implying that they're going to throw flashbangs and, and smoke in the middle of that and come get them. Why wouldn't flashbangs in the middle of that work? Everybody's looking at the middle. They got so throw many, a flashbang they got in so there. many guns though, and so many people. I guess the the crowd's going to panic, and I don't know. I don't, maybe we'll have to see. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. Uh, Noel, the captain Albano says Andrew's going to be Lily from the comics. And maybe another – so Lily's the female character that eventually kills the governor in the very end of the arc hmm. when he orders her them to storm the prison, which inadvertently kills Lori and the baby Judith. And she sees this and is like, fuck you, fuck this, and kills the governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, maybe another female character will be crowned the queen badass chick of The Walking Dead. Honestly, with his amazing shooting skills, Carl's turning out to be Andrea's character from the comics thus far. Andrea might as well have been a stormtrooper in the last episode with her poor shooting. <laughs> They can only headshot zombies, folks. Zombies' yeah. heads like magnets. I feel like they're setting up Andrea to slow, very slowly understand the depths of the governor's evil, maybe only when it's tragically too late. Yes, that's 0 for 2 on Star Wars references, but this episode had me thinking about Star Wars, maybe because of the return of Obi-Wan Kenobi Shane. How about Qui-Gon Jinn? Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 3 for 4. 3 for 0 oh for 3. 0 oh for 3. Mike C. says, it's interesting that the episode introduces Tyrese as named after volume of the comics where he dies. Shit. Nope. Mike C., I'm going to give you credit it. for the name game. Shame on you. There you go. This cast has been a marathon, Jim. It has. And we got a lot of editing to do on it. Tons, still. yeah. So we got about another hour of work, even after the episode's over. Yep. And I got to drive home, and it'll take an hour. So, <laughs> so thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, it's been a great season. We'll see you next week for the recap. Yep. Or the, the season, mid-season recap. And I mm-hmm. uh, hope for everyone to join us then. If not, we'll see you next season. Hopefully, maybe in Justified. Yeah. Well. Or Game of Thrones, or Mad Men, or, or all Mad. of the above. Bacasho, first arrogance. All right, thanks Out. everybody. Bye. Hey, we're back. Let's go ahead and run the spoiler thing for next week. Let's go ahead and run that thing for next week. Let's let's do that thing that we do for next week. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's run the thing for next week. Cue up the clip for next week. Well, we fucked that up. <laughs>